Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Aaron the Human. Hello. Happy to be here. Yeah. Aaron, longtime New York buddy of mine. Now that we're back in New York, both of us, Eric and I, for the first time living in the same city and nigh on a decade, we can start having friends on the podcast in person with three people. This is great. We are a New York podcast, baby. Yeah, this is so this is only the second time ever we've had I mean we've only done a few podcasts together and then this you're the second guest we've ever had. Wow. Is that is that in person. In person. In person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Last week was uh Steve Saylor was the first one, but well I gotta say it's a huge honor to be here. Yeah. Uh I've I've <laughs> I've listened to the podcast and I'm a fan. I'm a you know one of the listenership so you know it's kind of like yeah. uh yeah and aaron I, you, I mean you just met eric today but yeah. you are there's like so many reasons why you are ideal yes uh, adventure time fan goes goes without saying like <laughs> as you need to be but also music head yeah um sound professional one a once, once time <laughs> actually still you know Moonlighting as a sound professional, yes. but but so yeah, for a long time monitors man, yeah, for uh, J Rad, yeah, still somewhat, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess this 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 podcast does a little of it all. Like it's a, a, an adventure time podcast, but you guys are obviously music people. So oh I yeah, guess- when we've had Sean on, my brother, we've descended into audio nerddom. I I think that's where we really shine. <laughs> yeah, and then. Okay, and then also great musician. Thank I played you. with you before. Yes. I'm honored to have played in the Jug Band, which we everyone should go. We have done some fun shows together. Yeah, that's like yeah. And to cap it off, and when I've played with you, you have also played bass. That's right. This More is like a, bass players. This is a low end summit that we've got going on here. <laughs> yeah, which is very important. The second week in a row, three wow. bass players. It's, it's a lot of bass players. <laughs> Should we do should we do a spinal tap thing right now? Yeah. All I know. Oh, you don't usually get three <laughs> three bass players alone doesn't happen. That's not a band. That's not a ensemble. We can make it one. I know we, we could. could. We could. There's enough you could there's enough technology now that you could be pitch shifting and yeah. moving all around. Right. One of us can play a soprano bass, someone can play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Eric's like, no. no. Squash that immediately. Oh, that's funny. How many, I wonder, like, how many bass players can we possibly get onto the, that's really should be the goal. Yeah. I Let's start a tally. Here we are. We're at, this is four. Have we had any other bass players prior to Steve? I don't know. We'll have to go back through the catalog. <laughs> we talked about does, it for a long time. Does anybody time. want to check on that for us? <laughs> I guess, well, no, well, that would be four if we're counting both you and I. Yeah. There, have, there haven't been any other bass, bassists? I, don't, I thought so, but I don't think so. I don't know. Do you think there's uh, some cosmic like correlation between being an Adventure Time fan and being a bass player or a musician for that matter? Is that something? <sighs> bass like, is probably the most diegetically featured instrument on Adventure Time, seeing as Marceline is a bassist, right? Yep. That is right. Yes. She is, and you'll have to remind me, I'm, I'm a somewhat new, but she's like a, a, a vampire type character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's her, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Right, I have seen she's vampire queen. She's the vampire. Okay, yeah. I, she's not a princess. She's a queen. Right. That's another. She outranks okay. PB. Yeah. <laughs> and all the other princesses. Yeah. I've theoretically because like, yeah. there is. 
there's a few kind of like themes that that carry through at least the first season and a half, which I think is where I'm kind of at right now, which is that there are princesses. It's almost like its own race of character. It's like <laughs> yeah. there, there's like, you know, mm-hmm. Jake the dog, Finn the human, and then there's princesses. And they don't fall into like either category really. Or bubblegum is like made of bubblegum. There's like the lumpy princess, yeah. and then there's all these other princesses. But yeah, kind of like, like there's hot dog princess, breakfast princess. There's all sorts of princesses. Uh, what uh, bouncy castle princess? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it, there, you know, it, it is funny. It's not, there's folks out there who talk about the princess, and it's specifically princess bubblegum, and talk about you know, it's like. There's a lot of class uh, struggle and uh, allegory in, like, because PB's kind of a tyrant, as we as we <laughs> yeah. learn over the the Candy Kingdom, as you'll come to see as you work your way through the show. Okay, um, that she can like, she can see everything that all of them are doing at any time, right? Yeah, she's kind of big big brother. She's also created all of them, which is weird. So she's sort of like God of the Candy Kingdom. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of hate for Princess Bubblegum, but I love her. Yeah, it's she, your she's, favorite character. she's my favorite. She's your favorite. Yeah. She's the focus of most of like Finn's affection and the reason he does things. Early on. Early, yes. early on. Okay. Yeah. So you're okay. yeah. You're in because today we hopped forward to watch uh season five up. But have you so you've been watching in order? I've been watching in order. Yeah. yeah. Which is we when I came back, you had started watching, and I was like, oh, we gotta come on the pod because you this is like too perfect. But uh so, so is this like the furthest episode you've seen today? This season five BMO. I guess standalone? so. I actually, since we are in BMO November, I BMO started. November. Yeah. Play that BMO November theme song, baby. <laughs> BMO BMO November. Happy BMO November. Sorry. <laughs> yes, but as you were saying. Uh, as I was saying, well, quick tangent. I I yeah. I, I did mention please before please. before the podcast that I was I was kind of guessing you guys up about the quality of the music of the of the segments in this show. Uh, Thank you. That one is is one of my favorites. I think all of the eight bit sounds. I mean, it's just it's just gold. You yeah, Eric, are, you've 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 really developed a knack for it. I uh, prioritize this podcast above all my other music duties. <laughs> As you should. As you well, should. Well, really, because of the timeline, right? Like, that's what ends up fucking it all up. <laughs> yes. We um, record these on a Sunday and I have to come out in three days. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, be Movember. So uh, I have jumped forward a little bit to watch some of the other BMO episodes, including the distant lands yeah one which when i started it i didn't realize that distant lands is a i don't know what you call it a like a, a, a separate series a spin-off almost where the episodes are longer it's like a full form 45 minute thing um and it was the first time I saw Bimo as the main character of the episode mm-hmm. all everything i've seen uh, you know, just in the first season and a half that that I've been watching, BMO is the video game console that that yeah. they're playing on. Uh, it says a couple cute things here and there, but really doesn't 
he's a two-dimensional char- character. He yeah, have, uh, honestly, yeah. I am continually amazed as we watch all these BMO episodes at how well BMO can carry an episode as the main character. I could okay. I want to invoke the episode discussion theme song because we're here. <laughs> we're there. We're here. <laughs> episode discussion. Consider episode discussion invoked. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm amazed by it too, Eric. Because early on, it, it seems like Bimo could very easily be a one note character. Like it's one joke, uh, and but no, like Bimo's got depth. I too thought. So you just watched Distant Lands. I thought that this episode almost is a great watch before Distant Lands because it's like it's Bimo going on an adventure like it's episode like this that makes the distant land special make sense because we've seen bimo now go on an adventure be brave meet characters be in a whole new environment yeah and see it through and there were some other similarities in this episode between that and the distant lands um like did you see when 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 baby ricky gets (laughs) taken which we'll get into that um bimo kind of like goes into this black void for a second like when he gets all sad yeah. And did you see that? Uh, yes. So baby Ricky's mom goes, Bimo, you should be ashamed. And Bimo oh, sits right. there and looks down and the background fades and it's just Bimo in this black void, which is, we see then later in the distant lands when Bimo is dying and like viewing all the different versions of itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just like a couple of those things in here that are interesting. Yeah, it's 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 uh weird when Bimo is doing his like introspective imagination world versus like him actually being out in the real world and interacting with regular characters. Cause yeah. I think last week we did Bimo Noir, which was like totally his own imagination world, which is why things get weird and trippy. Uh and then you see him like interact with a character like Bubble or Ricky. And it's like he's imposing some of his imagination stuff on it, but like they're still able to react as regular like beings with their own uh, agency. And they can like kind of be like, that's a little bit weird, BMO. Or yeah, cool. I agree with you, BMO. Yeah. BMO, how do you guys like see BMO as a character? Because he's he's obviously everything he's that comes out of his mouth is extremely cute. Yes. But everything he says is a, a one-liner. It's just high quality just jokes yeah but sometimes bimo will say something or do something where you're like bimo that's not the cute thing to do here in this situation (laughs) sometimes he's a jerk he's a (laughs) jerk he's kind of a jerk this is which is like an interesting choice to make bimo like so in this episode bimo uh kind of takes this baby (laughs) ricky slash sparkle whatever you want to call him uh (laughs) You know, like Bubble thinks we should na- he should name the 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 baby Sparkle, and Bimo is like, no, I think he's Ricky. Yeah, and then doesn't want to get rid of the baby when the mother comes, and you kind of see like I don't know. Yeah, there's like, like some darkness, some loneliness, some some other emotions that isn't pure cuteness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I don't really have a very deep understanding of like the sort of like Freudian type psychology of like egos and ids and all that stuff but like that probably factors into bimo's sense of self a lot yes. right like he he kind of projects a lot of his own like sense of self onto everything else around them i guess that's sort of 
intrinsic with his like the way his imagination works and that he can't really distinguish reality from imagination. So I guess he he maybe doesn't think of like other people as like contained full individuals. He probably like is seeing everything through a prism, Mm -hmm. like including like fully realized characters. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. It, I think a good example of it is uh, Bubble is trying to open up to Bimo when they first meet and, and Bubble is saying, I remember my home or I don't, I, I have vague memories of my home that it's, it was really, really big, but it haunts me. And, and it kind of like focuses yeah. on Bubble for a little bit while he says that line, it haunts me. And then it cuts to Bimo who's like face down. He, he's tripped over another route. Which he's just in this episode constantly tripping. He trips, <laughs> yes. he tri- he's constantly tripping, and like he's in the forest, he's tripping over roots all the time. Um, gets up and goes, "I wasn't listening to your story." What a jerk! He's so <laughs> self-involved. Yeah, yeah. But like the imagination, like you, said, you know, he's over. his his view. He's I guess he's not uh, capable of empathy. Maybe if that's yeah. what you want to call it. So, yeah, it's weird, but like I, I think that's right. Yeah, it's not in a malicious or sociopathic kind of way, but it's just sort of, I yeah, I, I don't know how to. I'm sure there's a psychological explanation to this, and I'm sure if we wanted to like really read up on that kind of thing, we could find it. I'm sure maybe the storyboarders have. Uh, their I own, think they do. I yeah. think they have a working knowledge of of these things, um, as we've as we've seen. Like they've talked about that they go deep on this stuff. Um, I I, I will say. Don't want to go through. We're having some great discussion already, but I do just want to give the high level, like f- plot summary for anybody the the, yeah. two, the two minute version, totally. Which is Bemo, um, through f- some funny circumstances, finds himself in a forest, lost, meets a bubble, and says, "Bubble, we're going to go back home, and my friends Finn and Jake are going to help you." On their way home, they meet a baby named Ricky. On the way home, they Ricky almost dies. They save Ricky. Uh, <laughs> Ricky's mom finds them and takes away. Bimo's distraught and sad that he ne- might never get home before Bubble cheers him up and says, hey, we're basically home. They get home. Jake comes down um, without knowing what's going on. Pops Bubble after <laughs> Bubble has just proposed marriage to Bimo, which Bimo has accepted. Yeah. And they're, um, they're engaged. They're engaged. Yeah. And then Bimo comes down and kills the Bubble. Uh, Bimo is distraught before Bubble descends into air and is now an omnipresent being that shall always be with BMO for the rest of time, which sounds scary potentially, but BMO's into it. <laughs> I think that's a good, just quick yeah. plot summary. We can, yep. there's a lot to unpack in there. I'm sure you're scratching your head. Maybe <laughs> hearing that for, for instance, how does BMO get lost? This episode's called BMO lost. Um, was it season five, episode 17? Yeah. Bimo lost. How does Bimo get lost? Anyone want to tell the listeners here? He's taken away by a giant eagle bird. Yeah. Yes. He's watching a a bug dance party with binoculars yeah. in the treehouse, and inspired by what he's seeing, um, decides to do the worm. Yeah. He's which, doing the worm, which makes him getting eaten by a big bird yeah. that this is, much. Oh my funnier. god! I think, such a terrible pun, but like executed in such an amazingly quirky Adventure Time kind of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the I guess the a bird mistakes him for a worm, takes him, eats him, swallows him before regurgitating Bimo into its child bird's mouth, yep. and which Bimo stays in the body all night until dawn. Bimo crawls out. 
just very easily just opens up a mouth of a baby bird. Their esophagus, uh, it just must be just completely open. Yeah. But BMO must be really small. I think that's part, that's like, they they try to make that impression uh, when at the end of the episode where they get to, uh, I guess that's the treehouse or, or, you know, Finn and Jake's home. uh, And they look like monsters. They're just so big. Uh, so yeah, yeah. There, at one point, Bimo is like selling Bubble on how cool his friends are, and he says they're huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Finn and Jake are awesome. They're huge. <laughs> I mean, I wrote down a lot of quotes there. I mean, in the same that same section, so he falls down from this bird's nest after escaping and meets a bubble. A bubble comes out of a tipped over mug. Yeah, there's not really a lot of context for this, but. at this point five seasons in i think it's fine like we're just accepting this as like part of like the adventure time world like yeah that could happen i mean we've never seen a sentient bubble before but i mean there's no reason why we shouldn't be seeing it (laughs) yeah that definitely didn't surprise me yeah uh what i did kind of think though was (laughs) that didn't surprise me like (laughs) i mean nothing surprised me in the show anymore in in the the 10 minute or 11 minute format you know you kind of just got to accept things as they come right. and not expect any kind of like backfill of information the right or way backstory. To watch it. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, this okay, is how it, yeah. you know, you, you start out, he's watching a dance party of bugs. It's like, you don't, you don't need to explain that context. It's, no. It's otherwise, really... otherwise you're going to become uh, like a mom who's like, wait, I don't get it. What's happening. It's like, no, just accept yeah. it and move forward. Right. I mean, the concept of an intelligent bubble who then is actually later to reveal like he's revealed to be just sentient air. Like that does seem to be stretching the rules of this universe just a little yeah. bit. And yet yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just like suspending that disbelief, you know, it's, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> I did think it was really funny. So at the, at the end where, where bubble gets absorbed back into air, he found it, found his home. He gives kind of this very ominous monologue yeah. saying, okay, now every room you walk in for the end of till the end of time, I will be there. No more privacy. Uh, and and the music does get a little like, you know, you're expecting to be hearing something scary. Yeah. Uh, and Bimo just takes a little pause and says, yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is classic Adventure Time ending, right? Just, yes. We don't know how to escape this episode, so we'll just heighten the drama to a point where you know, it really doesn't matter anymore because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the the bubble comes down, and the bubbles, the bubbles like the the bubble. The first thing the bubble says is, "Let me let me bring this back because I thought it was a very in, funny introductory line, which was, um, "Say, friend, mind if I wallow with you for a bit? I'm a bubble." <laughs> that was the first piece of dialogue and because Bimo's fallen and before Bimo falls Bimo sees the treehouse and goes and says um, oh no that's crazy far <laughs> and so Bimo then falls into the forest and is just tips on his side and just goes oh no and he's like sad and the bubble comes out like Matt Fawal with you and goes yeah you know I've been out here for a long time I don't know how to get home either so if you might maybe we can just wait here to get at together and get eaten by a carnivore <laughs> like basically like let we let's just accept death and we'll be at least have some company doing it why would a carnivore eat a bubble or a game boy for that matter <laughs> <laughs> right there's no meat <laughs> no 
But I do like just the general caution that there is a carnivore in the forest. Maybe there's, this is just something that the bubble knows from there's being danger in the forest. There's danger. He was in that mug for a reason. Like he was hiding. So it, another thing that I've picked up on, or that is like a theme of the first season and a half, is that there's a lot of trust that uh Finn and Jake put into random characters that come, right? Yeah. They'll they'll come across <laughs> yeah. a crying wonderful point. Yeah. And and that trust is always uh, you know betrayed or misguided somehow. They're always like, you know, a cute little thing in the forest is always going to come back and be something evil. Uh so my immediate thought about the bubble was oh no, this bubble is no no good. Like I think this bubble is going to pre- betray Bimo in some way or is going to take him down a, a dark road and you know have maybe he's working for the carnivore something like that that was that was my first thought yeah you know i I wonder if how what the statistics say about that random characters that show up like on a per episode basis how often do they wind up having ulterior motives i think it's really high yeah yeah you're right that's like baked in like you're like something's gonna go wrong here yeah you know finn is always looking for an adventure always looking to do the righteous altruistic thing uh and i guess that's a lesson for life is that if you're a giver you're gonna get taken advantage of sometimes uh, sometimes you know you know I, I i will say so bemo so they meet the bubble then bemo's like no we're gonna go home and find friends they, they start walking and they find a baby now they find this baby it's extremely red and it's large it's a it's a large baby and when we meet the baby I was scared of the baby. First of all, it's it's a little creepy, but for the same reasons you just said about meeting the bubble, I was like, is this, and we've seen Adventure Time, like other things happen where I'm like, is this baby going to morph into like a demon? <laughs> yeah. Or is this a jiggler situation yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels like a jiggler kind of a thing. <laughs> like it's too cute to be trusted. <laughs> and Bimo immediately jumps into like this parental mode where he's like, sees a baby, gives it a big old hug. He goes, handsome baby, but then does a kind of a BMO like shithead thing. Yes. Covers up the hand. So the baby has like a hand that that doesn't have any fingers or bones in it. It's just like a flap of skin is yeah. how I would describe it. Um, yeah. So it looks like maybe like the baby had been in, well, until later, but it appears that the baby had been like in an accident or was born with a deformity or something. Yeah, there's some kind of flaw. It's like there is a visual imperfection that Bimo just doesn't want to, you know. Handsome baby. And it's like, (laughs) if we just ignore that, handsome baby. It covers up the hand with a leaf and then repeats it. Handsome baby. very superficial. I I think it's very consistent with Bimo uh, to sort of have like a a visual. I kind of wonder what Bimo thinks about like what this creature is like. He's really only using visual stimuli to make a judgment, I guess. Like, yeah. this is a cute-looking yeah. little baby. He's not really taking the baby's needs into consideration. Like, tries to feed it a rock. Calls it a... It says, eat this potato, it's and it's potato. just it's just a rock. <laughs> like, he's it, that's, like, it, it makes sense, again, we're, we're in BMO imaginary land, where BMO, like, has some information, but clearly not enough, and is filling the gaps in with <laughs> yeah. imagination. Yeah. He's uh he's he's a problematic dance mom kind of in this episode. He's just like <laughs> he's like trying to make the baby cuter than it is and kind of take it around and uh as its own 
as his yeah. own little well, like prize. At there. first, it does seem noble. Uh, what BMO's doing with the baby. So they name it Ricky, as we said, uh, instead of Sparkle, like Bubble suggests. Right. And we know Ricky to be sort of a stock name that BMO wants to give to like a sidekick. Oh, yeah. When does that, uh, is that in the Angel know. Face? Uh, he call. I think he names the Lard in, to oh. get in uh, the Distant Land special, Ricky. And then like he rides the Lard back to to the land of ooh and then lard says that's not my name like what's his, the the lard's real name like something crystal or something i don't know but should i google it yeah well fuck now we have to <laughs> play that google theme song. <laughs> <laughs> google google do you have the answers that i see Ricky has their own. Well, there's another Ricky. There's a lot of Rickies. Yeah, I know. This one, there's a there's a Ricky in a Lumpy Space Princess episode, which I don't even want to talk about. Oh fuck that. Yeah. Um. Let's just let it go. I, I we didn't even have to Google this. I really could have just let that ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 something that's worth catching on to. I think because. Bimo is not the only character in Adventure Time that bestows a name upon a sidekick that may not be the sidekick's actual name and like doesn't really take into consideration like that other character's like sense of individualism. It just gives it a name. And that name is usually Ricky. Well, or- it's not always Ricky because that's what uh, Ice King does with Gunther. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gunther is sort of just like the stand-in name that he gives to whatever his psychic is. He starts uh, calling Marceline that when he starts going crazy in, yeah. in flashbacks. Oh. Um, sort of his like dementia. He kind of like mixes up who's so Gunther. Gunther is not just Little Penguin. Mm-hmm. Right. He, uh, other other characters get called Gunther as well. Yeah. Uh, the original Gunther is like a like a little dinosaur creature. Uh, mm. From like thousands of years ago, when that the Ice King's crown gets gets made by its original owner, but yeah, like this is something that happens in the show, where like someone who's not like considering another another character's individualism just gives them a name. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if there's some sort of significance. Mm-hmm. I wonder. <laughs> Other than just noticing it, I have not yet made an analysis. Yeah. <laughs> No, Everything's intentional in the show. You got to pack it into a 10 minute episode. So yeah. everything has gravitas to it. Well, and you know, meaning. I think what's funny about it is that it's noticeable and the show does it. It's a trope that they're playing on. Also, the person who's doing it is like, quote, like the main character, right? Like BMO is the main character story. When Finn and Jake do it, when Ice King does it, they're the main character and they're the main character themselves. What I think is kind of funny about it and knowing is that like BMO does it being the main character, right? Then later on, Ricky, the baby's mom, comes and says, there's my baby. And in that moment, you kind of go, oh, yeah, like, Bimo's not the main character. Bimo's a little Game Boy with a bubble <laughs> that's in the forest. And then the mother comes, who's a part of this whole species and this thing. And then that is just like 
objectively larger than whatever the fuck BMO has going on. <laughs> right. And I think it kind of shatters that sort of, and like they do it all the time with like, when you start the show, you're going to see like Finn and Jake are the main characters, but by the end of the ep- of the series, Finn and Jake are, but two guys in this insane world. Wow. So I, I kind of like, like that. And it goes along with like all these different personality traits where I think people can really look at themselves in the world as like, I am the main character of the world. But then if you zoom out, you realize that you're just wandering through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's like a larger observation that we've had about the series. I think maybe like these characters giving someone else a name that's like not their actual name is maybe just like them not realizing that they're not the The main character. character. Yeah. And it's like, I guess we kind of all do that time to time is like, you just see somebody and you have your own experiences and you just prescribe things to them. Like, Oh, there's a baby. This is what babies are. Like there's a person that is dressed like this at this place. And I, you know, you kind of just like use to make your assumptions and then almost always they end up getting shattered and, one way or another. And I like that the show kind of yeah. does that. And yeah. this, this brings to, to mind, um, you know, our friend of the show, Harold Peterson, yes, uh, the trumpet player in the holophonics. He had a cat named porch cat because he was found on the porch, just hanging out and it was a stray. They brought him in and Harold just decided that it would be disrespectful to give him a name because he had his own sense of individualism before he got to Harold and like, he was just hanging out on the porch. So it's like, okay, well we can refer to you by the domain that you own, but like, we don't know who you actually are. So it would be presumptuous for me to give a name to this individual. (laughs) That's incredible. uh, (laughs) Incredible marker of Harold's character (laughs) and that he's, you know, a huge adventure time fan (laughs) Because, like, we had a porch cat in, as I've talked about in the podcast, in Austin, yeah. and that uh, our roommate took and just decided to call Mr. Balls, right? Yeah. Called him Mr. Balls, and then it's revealed months later that it's actually a female cat, <laughs> and its name is Velcro, and its owners live two houses away, and it's had a whole life up there. And all of a sudden, it's like, what the hell? Like, you just, like... You created a whole nother backstory based off of like no information for this cat. And it ended up to be incorrect because the cat has lived over here. Then we found, find out before I leave that before that can't family took the cat in, named it Velcro and gave it uh, shots and stuff. It was actually belonged to somebody else in the neighborhood who no one knew. And it had been roaming around for years before that. So this cat was actually very old and had lived multiple lives but people kept taking it in and as i was leaving i saw the cat i was like i don't know that cat like i thought i knew the cat (laughs) but i don't know like that's a it i was like that's a special cat like that has been places and has yeah it's self-sufficient that is is really funny yeah that's really funny (laughs) i guess i always thought about that you know dogs dogs in uh you know a, a kennel or something they all have names but owners when they get New pets will, I guess, inevitably prescribe it a new name or give it new nicknames and stuff. And that's uh, not something that happens to anything else, right? You think of a scientist discovers a new species and um, one side of the world names it something, but it's yeah. like, you know, at, at least in the scientific community, they, uh, you know, there's a big database somewhere with yeah. all the names of the new things. But 
Yeah, you know, maybe I, we should do that with pets. I, I think I think this is kind of common in Adventure Time. I think the instances of Finn and Jake or other characters just like prescribing names to people they don't know is it pops up a lot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So I'll just go back because we're about to come up to some really fun stuff in where I left <laughs> off and some fun. I want also I wrote down these quotes that I wanted to <laughs> say. Um, so they're walking and BMO does say a great quote. Um, he was like, uh, Bubbles like, so tell me, BMO, about where you live or where you're from. He goes, I live in a treehouse. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, it is on a on a meta level. like Yeah. <laughs> so then they find Ricky and then they're going through the force. And BMO's just dragging Ricky, I think, to start. S- superhuman strength. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they get to a bridge which has like a river below it. It's like, you know, Herring Bridge. He goes and checks out and comes back and goes, all right, bad news. He goes to the bubble, bad news. The bridge doesn't have any guardrails, which I was just like, <laughs> okay. Like why? I guess that's bad news, but okay. And then he's like, I don't know if we should do this. And then there's like a carnivore and they go. So he's like, all right, baby Ricky, just fly straight. And then slaps him on the butt. And then Ricky goes and is doing great until he hits the middle of the bridge. <laughs> Turns to the right and just falls off. He just, Ricky gets really curious. This is another part of the episode where BMO gets really parental. He, before telling Ricky to move across the bridge, whispers in his ear something along the lines of, like, you're very special and I love you. Yes. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> another thing you would do with a pet. You would, you yeah. know, you find a, a cat on your porch. The first thing you do is just project love onto it because you're right. Uh, it's he kind of does and treat Ricky sort of like a pet as much as as anything. Yeah, else. yeah. But hey, Bimo's nothing if not loyal because after Ricky goes tumbling into the river, Bimo goes to the middle of the bridge and says bravery, and then jumps in. Yeah, even though we know that Bimo is electronic and can't function well in in wet environments. <laughs> no. He's to do okay. He sparks a little bit, and then yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised at how resilient he was to swimming in this river because on other episodes, like he was uh, much more susceptible to to malfunctioning. Yeah. So he jumps in, makes up with Ricky, and goes, "Bubble, you need to save us." And at which part you're just like, "Oh God!" And Bubble's like, "Well, maybe I'll just I'll push this leaf." And then it sets off a rude Goldberg machine. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Which which throws a log in front of the end of this uh, river, which is going to turn into a waterfall, and they they get out unscathed. But be except for Bimo being all wet, yeah, sparking and stuff. And another harrowing moment where Bimo exists without his batteries, he yeah. falls into some weird void state. Yeah, he he he's like, I got to dry off my batteries. Throws them out and says goodbye. <laughs> Wakes up the next day, the baby somehow figures out. Needs to put the batteries back into BMO. BMO wakes yeah. up and goes, "Good morning. I didn't have any dreams." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the existential like, yeah, yeah, emptiness that was there. Yeah, and then they go, and then they hear what they think is a carnivore again. This is what we. It's the same sound we've been hearing all episode. And they go and hide in a tree trunk, and Ricky doesn't do anything. Um, and then BMO's getting them, and is like, "Hey, Ricky, help me out here. Like, get in here." And doesn't, and then all of a sudden, the it's not a carnivore at all. It's this baby's mother with a flappy left hand, just like Ricky has. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. And she calls him Sparkle immediately, like Bubble had said, which maybe Bubble 
had heard this thing be called Sparkle. I don't know what's up with Bubble, but <sighs> Bubble <clears throat> Bubble might be omnipotent and <clears throat> just knew, like from his past life as heir. Yeah. Just, right. <laughs> just right. knew that fact. Didn't know how he knew it, but <laughs> Yeah. 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 He does give BMO a little I told you so when when the mom comes in and says my baby sparkle yeah my sparkle. baby sparkle uh bubble kind of just whispers to bimo sparkle yeah you know um yeah. and then take it and then bimo doesn't let want to let go this is what we're, we're getting before it doesn't want to let go of baby ricky yeah um and and bubble has to be like it's his mother it's <laughs> like you need that like, this is the best place for the baby to go like this is what we were trying to do and bimo's just sad and doesn't want to let it go and then the mom says you should be ashamed of yourself which I, I at first I was like well should they because they kind of ke- kept an eye on the baby but then you realize if all those noises the whole time they thought they heard a carnivore was the mother the mother would have found the baby pretty much immediately after they did yeah <laughs> so they kind of maybe brought this baby into more harm's way I don't know I mean he climbed off a bridge into a river so yes <laughs> so yes <laughs> And then, but then when she says that, uh, Bimo gets thrown into this black void of, of reflection and ultimate sadness. You really fell in love with Ricky there. He was, you know, uh, when Ricky starts to get hungry, Bimo says something like, you know, uh, my hungry baby, like, what am I going to do with? Oh yeah. Which I thought was really funny. He's just, he's like, it was, it gave Bimo a sense of purpose, which will, as we keep going on. I think a similar thing that happened to bubble, you know? So, so BMO being despondent on this log, uh, another great moment, bubble comes over and is like, BMO, you can, we're so close. Like you could be anything you want. Does he say you could be something, uh, or a sexy hit. You could be a sexy hit man. Oh, Oh, oh he Ricky. said, yeah. Ricky could grow oh. up to oh, Ricky could grow up to. He's like, I'm sad about Ricky. And he's like, imagine what Ricky will become. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy hitman. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's this baby with the the like beanie on its head. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and he's like, and by the way, I just saw some bugs dancing. He's like, those are my homeboys. Those are my homeboys. Those are my homeboys. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, Lavar Burton is one of only a handful of people to say the word "sexy" on Adventure Time. It's always weird when Tree Trunk says it. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> I don't know who else says that that word. When does it's always in a very strange context? When does Tree Trunk say it? When she's dancing or? in like her introductory episode? Oh, and it's so weird. It oh made yeah, me Why, so uncomfortable. Is, she says to Finn or Jake, thinking that they're like hitting on her or something. Yeah, and she's like putting on lipstick in a really yeah. weirdly sensual way. Yeah. she says something about her sexy dancing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe you guys have have touched on this. <laughs> what is the like demographic of the audience for adventure time. Is it a kid's show? I think it's millennials. It's millennials. It has to be. Okay. So yeah, it's basically the, the entire spectrum. I probably skews a little bit to the younger side of millennials. Like 36 year olds are still millennials, right? Like that they might not be watching, but like our age and younger, like during its airtime. So it started in 2008, right? Which is like college time for us, I think was like, and a lot of other kids were, uh, younger millennials, but they would be in, they'd be like 13 or something. If we yeah, were like, like 19. Yeah. I think like, yeah. Right. I mean, it, I'm sure it was 
like, you know, popular with the actual, like, you know, what's the, the typical cartoon network demographic, like six to 10 or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think it was like meant to have more of an appeal towards older people. It's yeah. like, I, I don't know if this is for sure. And I want to read more up in this, uh, with like, you know, Fred Siebert, who's the, uh, producer of the show and like basically got it made. And he was like a long time executive in the cartoon biz. But it seemed to me like when this came out was like, there, there, there was like a void in the, this is my read on it, a void in the cartoon continuum where you could be into cartoons as, as a kid. And there were then these things like when you were like a young teen that maybe like Rocco's My Life or Ren Stimpy had been for, but mm-hmm. over they, those that were canceled in the nineties and through the two thousands, like as I was maturing into a 13 year old and like, I loved SpongeBob, right? But there became a time when I was like 13 and I was just like, you know, I still love SpongeBob. I still love cartoons, but it's kind of not doing it for me anymore. And you need that next level cartoon, I think, for like ages 12 to 15 or 16. And once you get to 15 or 16, then you're like entering Adult Swim era. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Especially then it was like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, like, or, and then a little bit later, Metalocalypse, like that kind of humor was like so prevalent. Like there wasn't like something in between that yeah. jump. 16, yeah. 17, 18 and, and Family Guy and all that. Perfect. But you needed something like Adventure Time or a regular show uh, or Flapjack or whatever to like, to hit those 12 to 16 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, you know, like I've been saying, I'm, I'm kind of new to Adventure Time. And the reason I got into it is because I, uh, discovered rick and morty devoured that and was Mm -hmm. like i need to like this whole world of of cartoons and i used to be into things like aqua teen and metalocalypse yeah which you know aren't juvenile cartoons on the surface they're like very much in the like stoner cartoon adult swim thing and i kind of put rick and morty on a a higher pedestal than that almost. Yeah. I mean, I think the quality of like just the work being done is so much higher on a show like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Versus Aqua Teen. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I, yeah. I mean like, I, I, in, I, I was joking. I, yeah. Right. Cause across all criteria, writing, character development, <laughs> animation, and, yeah. and animation and art particularly. Yeah. I think, well, I think the point of Aqua Teen, like in particular was they didn't have much of a budget and they were like, just kind of, <clears throat> let's see what we can do with this shitty format. And like, it's all like, you know, like computer, like moving like a, a static looking character around on a screen kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. So it was great for, I mean, I love Aqua Teen yeah, and contextually it was also amazing, but you're right. I, Rick and Morty, clearly another plane. It's so, you know, Rick and Morty, I was like, what, what is this? And I knew Adventure Time had a pretty, uh, like rabid cult following. Um, and so that was the next thing. Probably inspired a bit by you, Nick, just to be mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I should watch this. Uh, people are really into it. Um, on the surface, I always thought Adventure Time was pretty juvenile. Like I, like it, when yeah. you first look at posters and stuff, you're like, oh, this is for kids. Like there's princesses and there's sparkly things, and uh, and you know, maybe I like I thought originally maybe it was targeted towards that, like. 12 to 15 year old demographic Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't like it as an adult, but, but as I got into it, I was like, Oh, they kind of tackle like, uh, you know, the dialogue is, is pretty funny. Like they're talking like, uh, people in their older teens, early twenties. Um, yeah. 
It, I, oh, sorry, Eric. Do you want I, I think like, so, I mean, we know I didn't get into Adventure Time like during its initial run. Uh, it was much later for me, but because I think when it was current, the name really threw me off like Adventure Time. And it was, it was like such a generic kind of title. And then there was also regular show again, like the most generic title you could have. And it sort of all just ran together for me, especially since Adventure Time uses a lot of tropes, like the whole like princess thing. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, on the surface level, it's not really clear how they're like, especially the first couple seasons. It's not immediately evident that they're going to subvert those tropes in such a particular quirky way. Uh, and I think the show really grew into something special, but it started off, uh, I think really geared at that, like that core teen audience, like of like, these are tropes and we're going to do like the sort of cartoon network subversion kind of thing based on like, you know, like, uh, yeah, princesses and adventures and stuff and like sword fighting and all this kind of typical thing. But then it, it winds up going down a much, you know, deeper avenue. Yeah. And where it, where it ends up, this could have been the easy answer to this question, but I love this discussion. Eric, you've like coined this term because as we've been going around talking about the show, it's like in a question that never really comes up like, oh, is that like for adults? Is that like one of those shows or is it for kids? And Eric, you say it's a cartoon for everybody. I think that's what you've been saying. It's not a, a kid show. It's an all ages show. All ages show. Yeah. 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 All age, yeah. It's I like all, that. It truly is. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to keep watching it, Aaron. Cause, and then maybe you should come back later once you've like devoured more because I was like you when we started the podcast, I actually watched it currently the first season when it was on and fell off somewhere in the second season. And that's like, you see in a season half, it starts to really get good in season two and then just, um, elevate from there and uh, but it, it tackles some really heavy themes as it goes on so yeah I mean I, I've said before that the first time I watched through it I did not really like the first couple seasons because like, a lot had been promised to me and I didn't feel like it was really delivering on a story level uh, and you know it eventually gets there but it takes a long time to build up the world first and then going back and watching it a second time or a third time now with this podcast like some of those early episodes I love the most Cause like you appreciate it for what it is and like that kind of, the kind of humor that they're leaning on early on is like a very special kind of moment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to keep watching. It's great yeah. Show. It is cool. <laughs> and it's, it is actually, it makes it so unique that you can't tell who exactly it's for. Like it, it, it it's really fun about that. Cause, um, which I'm sure maybe made Cartoon Network executives confused at the time on like marketing and stuff, but it does <laughs> in the long tail, it makes it so intriguing. Cause like watching it, it makes you feel like kind of childlike, but it's also not um, talking down to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of its staying power, like where it exists now, I think Adventure Time is definitely relying on like an older demographic. Yeah. I think that's, that's where it's at. It's worthy of it. We'll see. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll finish this. So they they run. Home. This is what I was talking about before. <laughs> they run home. Bimo can't wait to have his bread and butter when he gets home. Um, <laughs> Which is like, is that something that Bimo has been known to enjoy? Is the bread and butter at home? <laughs> Everything like, Bimo says is just a non sequitur. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like so, it's you were saying like it's like correct. Like I can't wait to eat because like Bimo's been in the forest, hasn't eaten anything. I can't wait to get home and have food and it's like so it's almost it was just something someone would say but then 
you think about it, it's like it's a Game Boy, so yeah, does it doesn't need, need food. <laughs> and also like that weird specificity that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> it's so yeah. BMO. And they get home, they they uh they knock. Finn and Jake clearly have not noticed that BMO has been gone because they're like, who could be at the door? And they like Jake is, has to answer it and then falls down. You hear all sorts of destruction, electrocution. Yeah. Um, and during that that all that hubbub, the bubble's like, "Hey, Bima, I've been meaning to to ask you something. I really want to talk to you." And he's like, "And t- tell you about something." And he says, "You know, I-, I was so despondent about being alone, and I-, I don't know if I'll ever find that place before. I don't even really know what I'm looking for, but all I know is that I've been with you." I haven't felt alone. I haven't felt this loss of purpose and it's been really great. And I, you know, I don't know how to say this exactly, but would you, would you want to get married? Like, I, I don't really exactly know <laughs> what that means, but I want to, and BMO's an immediate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think this is Cartoon Network's first actual queer marriage proposal. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know Steven universe was the first one to actually show a queer wedding, but I, I mean, like they're engaged. I don't think the characters really understand what it means, but like, I mean, they said the words and they're yeah. agreeing to it. So I know I'm just laughing because you're like, they don't know what it means. Like, I don't even know if either of them understand what gender or sex or um, like, I don't know, all the inner workings of a relationship. Yeah. And I mean, but does it matter? Right. I mean, Bubble doesn't exactly have an expressed gender. No. Uh, we're assuming Bubble, I guess, is non-binary, voiced by LeVar Burton, but... Feels... Right. Feel, I mean, we've talked about before, BMO is kind of non-binary character. Yeah, gender fluid. Gender fluid. I was going to ask, so... <laughs> so BMO... So, yeah, okay, I guess if, if... if Well, let me ask this. So, so BMO gets maybe referred to as a he by other characters in the Mo- show. Most commonly. Yeah. And, and, and Bimo has re- referred to himself as a boy. But is he, is he voiced? Who is no, he voiced no. N- Nikki Yang is uh, the voice actor. And okay. She, uh, she does all, she, I'm no- noticing her pop up in like a bunch of other cartoons now. And like she, I mean, almost always voices female characters except for Bimo. Except for Bimo. Um, but, at different points throughout the series, BMO uses he, him, she, her, or they, them pronouns. Okay. And other characters use all those referring to BMO. Yeah. So this is, it's a, it's a, a queer proposal. Yes. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I guess the first in a, in a Cartoon Network show and then largely like, or therefore a kid's cartoon at all. Like, so I, people don't really talk about this episode as like a, a moment in like queer media, but I guess it's important. Yeah. I think it's because y- as it's happening, you, he says he doesn't know what it means, and it's clear that Bimo <laughs> probably doesn't <laughs> fully grasp the concept of marriage. Yeah, but they're all, they're also presenting it in a way that it's like they're clearly not making a joke out no. of it. And, and both characters I, are in. I, yeah, I think they're trying to communicate that like the preconceived notions of what marriage is along you know gender norms don't matter. No, like uh, it, it's and it goes beyond like these two particular characters being ignorant of that. It just it speaks to a larger like universal truth about what marriage is. Right. It's because it's look, I, we were both, I've been lost. Like, I don't even know who I am or where I'm coming from or where I'm going, but I know that when we spend, when we've been together during this time, it's made my life better. And I would like for us to come in unity and just keep, just do this forever. And that, right. 
Like, yeah. and, and BMOs. And if that's, that's, that's really the true, con- maybe the true concept of marriage. And if they're both on board, then they're both on board, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm surprised that this episode doesn't come up in discussion more often. Yeah. I mean, but it ended too. Um, I was like, this is one of the better BMO episodes I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. When I looked at a list of BMO episodes to do BMO November, this was not included. I couldn't find it on any list. Yeah. This is the classic BMO episode. It's great. When BMO says, I do, to the proposal, you know, Bubble is a very simply animated character. It's just a circle with like, you know, two dots for eyes and, and a, you know, arch for a mouth. But but when BMO says yes, it's the cutest animation where Bubble is so excited about being married, his mouth gets really big and his eyes get a little bigger yeah. and he's like, whoa, whoa. And they're both freaking out. And that's when Jake opens the door. And then pops and the bubble. Pops it. <laughs> and starts <laughs> laughing. Which is it's really, really tragic. Yeah. Oh it's jarringly tragic. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the the laughing. And then when Finn's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, Fimo was pretending to be sad about me popping a bubble. Pretending <laughs> to be sad. Meanwhile, Bimo is face down in the grass, pulling grass out of being crying. like crying, so despondent, so just like it says bubble distraught. bubble. Yeah. I'm sorry I brought you here. I never should have brought you here. Yeah, man, this is this is like some intense drama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets really and Finn and Jake. So like you guys were saying in in these later seasons, uh, Finn and Jake become less of the main character. Um, and for me, this was the first time I'd see that because you know. Yeah. Bimo knocks on the door where they first get to the house and you just hear their voices behind the door uh, with a lot of extra reverb on it so you know that they're really, really big compared yeah. to Bimo. <laughs> I didn't think about it's that, like, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's like you you hear them in, you know behind the door and you're like, oh yeah, we haven't seen these guys the whole episode. And they come in, they don't even, they don't do anything heroic. They're kind of just jerks. They pop the bubble. They both laugh at Bimo. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, it kind of wraps up a little, little sweetly and in that air is now with BMO until the end of time. Um, yeah, before which is, it starts yeah. to feel a little sinister. It starts to feel a little sinister <laughs> yeah. where you, but it, yeah. It, it almost feels, it's almost like worse than sinister to me. Like it was like verging on like an like unhealthy relationship where it's like, there is this affection there. They both clearly like each other. And now um, Bubbles getting, or or Air, whatever you want to, Bubbles getting a little weird about it. Like Bubbles getting very possessive over BMO and like, I will always be with you now. There will be no more waiting. And it's like, uh-oh, we're like crossing these these weird boundaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew from the start that Bubble would be I know, trouble. that's where it's like, okay, there it is. The, the other there shoe just dropped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man! But then it ends. Yeah, Bimo's okay with uh, the weirdly invasive marriage without any privacy, but uh, I don't think it's ever acknowledged after this episode. So it all worked out. <laughs> Bimo sure. being, being well, Bimo cute. goes goes like, "Wait, so you don't need me to be happy anymore?" And Bubble goes, "No, I don't." But that's also the beauty of it. I'll be everywhere with you. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> But good, good, good ending. And I mean, we need to go back to the beginning to discuss whether or not we saw the snail. Did you see the snail? Did you see the snail? Did you see it? 
right. Guest first. Aaron, did you see the snail? I saw the snail. I did. Um, Are you I, sure? Yeah. I, uh, ask, I'm, I'm, ask, ask me. We'll, we'll discuss. <laughs> yeah. Nick, did you, you saw the snail. Did you see the snail? I saw the snail. Eric, did you see the snail? Well, I saw a snail. That, that, now we're going to have to discuss. Discuss. Okay. Uh, very first shot of the episode, there's a snail getting down. Yeah. Is I that- know. I, I think that is the snail. I, I I was kind of like, is 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 that the snail? I mean, it's definitely a snail. So He wasn't waving. He wasn't looking at it. He didn't have the, the normal. It was like a nighttime. Gl- everything was kind of glow in the dark looking. So it was a little bit hard to identify him as the the way we usually see him. But I think it is. Did, okay. Did either of you see like the snail that we usually think of as the snail? No. Did you? No. So I, this may be the only snail. Mm-hmm. So I need I need some best. So I only knew to look for a snail from listening to this podcast. Yeah. There's um, a, there's a snail in every episode. Okay. It, it's part of like the lore of the show. Oh my, so here's a picture of the snail. Oh, Jesus Christ. There he is. And he's usually waving. Yeah, it didn't look like that. Oh, no. I don't think he was definitely not that color. No, that's but it, it was but it was also a glow in the dark scene. Right. Is there is there a, there is a list of where all the snails are, right? We've never consulted it before, but should we consult it now? I think we have to. Be, I mean, a lot hinges on this because either we all saw it or we all did not. Because <laughs> we're all Eric? talking about the snail who was getting down in the dance scene the first time. Yeah. All right, Eric, That's, I think yeah. we're uh, headed down the rabbit hole. <laughs> are we, Nick? <laughs> are we really? We're headed down the rabbit hole. Okay, sure. Play that down the rabbit hole theme song. <laughs> down the rabbit hole. Great. Glad, glad we could use that I mean, song one more time. Now that we have it, it, it'd just be a shame to not use it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good jam. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to... Do you know where it is, Eric? I, I've never seen this list before of snail locations. Someone else brought it up to me. Was it you or was it a guest? It was a guest. We've in 62 episodes, we've never verified with the internet whether we were correct or not. In the in the distant oh. lands, Look there was no snail, right? That's correct. Here yeah. it is. Here it is. I found it. I kind of don't like that we're consulting it, Eric, honestly. Oh, look. We didn't see it. There it is. We didn't see oh, it. Oh shit. Wow. Wow, that's small. You yeah. really got to be looking. I'm really glad we went down the rabbit hole for this one. Yeah, well, fuck us. We didn't see <laughs> different theme yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no oh no theme, theme song. song. We don't get. We didn't earn one. Yeah, it's just over. <laughs> wow, dude, this is crazy. This this list they have, they have the photos of where the snail is every episode. I kind of don't like that we're revealing that because I don't want future guests cheating. <laughs> you that concerned? Not cool. Okay. Uh, um, hey, before we move on, uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, please give us a positive review on the Apple Podcast app. It does help us get found. And when you're rating us five stars, which if you made it this deep in the podcast, I imagine you probably will, write a little review as well. Yeah, we're kind of an all or nothing. You <laughs> you either hate it and stop listening or you're a five-star listener. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um 
So please do it. Aaron, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We should do it as a group activity after the app. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get you to, uh, to rate us five stars. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that should be part, it's like part of the I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to admit I haven't yet. It's all good. There's always time. Uh, thank you, you kind fans for your five star review in advance. Okay. Uh, here's the ad now. All right. So now it's time for miscellaneous mania, baby. So dur- during the episode, during that theme was playing, you're saying that's kind of a cheers thing, right, Aaron? Yeah, I, yeah, I did say that. The the the, the missile, what is it called? The miscellaneous mania. Mania, yeah. The just like the first little bar. Now, do you know about the cheers connection to Avenger Time? I don't you don't? So that 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 proves that I did a great job writing that song. Yep, it was <laughs> it was uh in in your process from the very beginning i wanted to reference cheers because it's a thing with ice king you'll see uh later on oh. the cheers themes <laughs> yep that was totally my uh intention the entire uh time i think i've heard you guys discuss <laughs> fraser on this podcast which yeah. is kind of i mean it's a yeah fraser came yeah. up a couple of weeks ago cheers. Uh, spin-off. yeah yeah oh man it's part of the adventure time universe yeah all right what's 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 the mania all right, what do we got? Um, I like. I never noticed this, but they're kind of pointing out that with the crack in the screen. So when Bimo initially falls, he cracks his like screen half, which isn't great. But they say it looks like the original Mac logo, and which is currently the Finder logo. Yeah, I can see that on, on the even up to the most updated OS. That's weird. Is that like intentional? It doesn't seem. I don't know. It's kind of like one crack diagonally from the center top to the middle, and then something that goes kind of from the middle to the right side of Bima. So it's like two cracks is what I remember from. Yeah. Yeah, they're just side by side. I did notice that Bimo's face and Bubble's face are the exact same face, which yeah. is a simple face. Yeah, it's, but it's cute that they do that. Uh, yeah. I think when they're uh, in their marriage proposal they're both blushing also yes which is a nice little like addition to their very simple animation yeah now i'd be curious to know what lavar burton <laughs> oh yeah uh like thought of being on this episode <laughs> you know he seems to be pretty rad and just like down with a lot of these sort of sort of weird cultural things like he's involved in a lot of things that have cult followings. Yeah, you know, I kind of wonder if it's like you know his his it kind of comes with the freedom of having done probably your life's work. Like Lavar Burton knows when he dies that like what will be taught reading Rainbow, right? That is the show. Like yeah, that'll be that's going to be in the obituary. So once you've already done that and made your legacy name for yourself, you can kind of have fun. Kind of like George Takei has done that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. totally. William Shatner. Like a lot of these people, I think, just stop being so precious about how they're perceived after a while. Yeah, he was almost going to host Jeopardy. Uh, but so much shit went down with that. He's just like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to bother with that bullshit anymore. I don't need to do that. Do you follow the whole Jeopardy thing? Not with LeVar Burton. Like, 
I know they had another guy and then it went haywire. Yeah, for a while there, everyone was like suddenly a huge Jeopardy fan. But I've never really given that much of a shit about it, so. <laughs> nah. They had, uh, what's his face? The the multi-champion uh, hosted for a little bit, right? Ken Jennings? Yeah. Yeah. He was um, I don't think he was like super popular as a host. Like people weren't like that into him. He's the most logical, but yeah. He's he's kind of a know-it-all. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily <laughs> need that person hosting. You yeah. just need someone fun because yeah. we don't need you to know it. So they went with Mayim Bialik, but like she's weird and she's like an anti-vaxxer, like a sort like a like a mild anti-vaxxer where oh. it's like well, I'm not saying don't get the vaccine, but I'm also not saying that like everybody should. And like, you should just make your own choices. And like, if your own choice is like not to get them vaccinated, then like, sure. Like, I, I don't like that seems like a lot of weird backtracking on like, cause she was known as like, sort of like a, like not being into vaccines, like well before coronavirus. Uh, that's like when she was just on big bang, like that was like, Oh, she, that's who she is. Yeah. That is a specific subset of hippie. Uh, even before coronavirus, to 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 just be anti all vaccine, right? Yeah, like before, like it was a lot of that, like fucking, you know, what we would soon learn to be Karens, like just the fucking white woman that like want, you know, is like helicopter parenting their their kids, and like we're not going to get them vaccinated. Like it seemed like a fringe thing for a while. Like really, you're not into vaccines? Like okay, and then all of a sudden, like now we have a pandemic, and this is actually important. Yeah, Facebook's fault. It it is it's truly Meta's fault. <laughs> fucking, I don't want to talk about it. What what else? Uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot about this yeah. episode. I think it's all kind of there. Um, oh, here's one thing I did want to bring up. So this is not necessarily mania, but it is discussion. Um, so Eric, we were talking about the vo- it was voice by Nikki Yang, obviously. And last episode, you talked about classic BMO word jumble. And now Nikki Yang, uh, th- this is a, a complicated, because BMO is very funny, right? And what BMO says is just on its surface, very funny. But I wonder about, your t- we're talking about the word jumble, about things not being exactly correct. Are we laughing at, broken english are we laughing at a foreign character that doesn't understand english and how to use it properly and then we're so we're laughing at that is that part of what we're laughing at with bemo i never thought about it until like the last couple episodes and then we were talking about being voiced by you know someone who's i'm sure that's not what they were intending yeah but you know i think probably some people that watch the show are are seeing the humor there. Uh, you know, some of the people that don't really appreciate the themes and, and storytelling of the show and just think it's funny because there's a stretchy dog. We, yeah. We've talked about that, that it's, subset of the yeah, fandom. Subset of fan, like stretchy dog is big. Wow. I mean, I think I, I partially live in that subset. Uh, at least at the beginning. That's how you get like, in. That's how you get in. I was like, this animation is great and, and, and the dialogue is really quirky. Um, no, you, you've already suppressed it because what we're saying is like, there's some people who are not thinking about the show at all. It's just like Jake is funny. Cause he's like this like insane yeah. dog and like, but you're engaging on a deeper level. I, I, I just like, you know, like 
it's like we used to make fun of like do those stock everyone did like 25 years 20 years ago like stock asian voices and it was funny if you like mispronounced an r or whatever and and that was like funny and now that's like no one would do that now like you would not be in a movie um does bmo do this in this episode i know bmo you know he says really kind of like quirky funny things like when he was talking about uh I live in a treehouse. It's really funny. Like yeah. that is not quite the well, right thing to say about. But it's almost, and that's kind of like I was thinking: of, is it broken English? Like, does Bimo mean I live in a treehouse? It's really fun. Yeah, like that's kind of what Bimo wants to say, but instead says it's really funny. And is that so? Is that like the broken English? It doesn't yeah. feel that way. Like it doesn't feel like that's the joke. The joke seems to be that it's like this video game that doesn't exactly understand the world and is filling in gaps because of its like programming and its imagination. And like, it feels way more about BMO, the character than it does the voice. Yeah. I mean, I I think the way that Nikki Yang is playing the character is as a child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I, I like that it's less broken English and, and more like, less experience yes less with, experience with english a little bit it's kind of like when a little kid yeah. says something that's yep. incorrect right or is that's like, just funny because it's wrong or is correct on a level that we weren't analyzing it yeah yeah it, I, <laughs> yeah it just sort of like sees through maybe the obvious and then hits hits a like a like sort of randomly hits a deeper level of understanding something it's like that you know we weren't paying attention to it on yeah the, like on that level but kids can do stuff like that yeah bmo has a, a limited vocabulary that too uh an interesting and, vocabulary and little kids you know they learn a new word or adjective they'll use it to prescribe to things that probably don't deserve it right like funny like funny you know you could say like this tastes funny this looks funny my house is funny uh not all of them are necessarily yeah. that feels funny, right that feels but, how, yeah. how we're playing it. i just I, I never thought about it that way but. yeah i mean i i don't think that the writers are necessarily like writing anything in in like broken english yeah um and i actually know that nikki yang has a fair deal of like autonomy over her own lines because as bimo as like like all of her she's actually um I don't know what her start in the animation world was, whether it was like uh, a voice actor or, 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 but she's, she's a director. Like she directs, uh, or she directed a lot of the uh, Gravity Falls episodes and she does uh, Summer Camp Island. Wow. Um, so I think, I, I think she got into the industry just on that side of things. And then uh, like, Lady Rainicorn speaks in Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they were just like, hey, can you just voice this Korean character? And we'll just let you like, like you know, we'll, we'll give you the lines, like what she's like probably saying, but like you can just do the translation and, and dialogue yourself. Uh, and because she has like the, like the experience from the director side of things, like they probably just like let her go with yeah. it. So. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, I guess we got to figure out what we're doing next week. I guess we do. <laughs> How many BMO episodes are there? Good question. Uh, I suppose we'll find out when we run out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I mean, Eric and I, like there's, we have, we haven't really talked about next week's episode. There's a lot to, 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 to figure out scheduling wise. Let's get that right now. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Okay, um, so let's do the more you mow, the more you know. Is that? Yeah. But let's do part two. Okay, just skip part one. Yeah. <laughs> should we just do part one and then do part two next year? No, we should do part two and then do part one next year. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I, want, I want it. So we've been curating these BMO episodes. They haven't been totally random. I feel like we need to inject just a little bit more chaos into our format. Okay. It does seem to help. <laughs> in the spirit of not doing things in order on this podcast. Yeah. That makes there we sense. go. Um, Aaron, thank you for, for joining us today yeah. on the Adventure Guys podcast. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything you want to plug? I'm not here promoting anything right now. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it kind of just came as, as an adventure time fan and fan of the podcast thank you um, yeah no no other motives here <laughs> <laughs> right on. you're a good guest so come back yeah i look forward to coming back i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm i'm, I'm still watching I, I get through a few episodes every week um and yeah I it'll be you, fun to do a, it'll be sure. fun to do a part two sequel um as you've developed your fandom i i you could chronicle it my own fandom through the show um and understanding so it's it'll be fun when you come back and we can talk about it yeah awesome yeah cool cool um just if you guys like the podcast you can uh support us on anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast there's like a patreon style support thing where you can give us like a couple cents a month and it'll be automated and that will help us grow the podcasts and keep running it um and tell one friend about the podcast if you enjoyed it today Yep. Good app, everyone. Good app. Bye. Peace out, y'all.